Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, God did the impossible. He made that which was impossible possible by resurrecting Jesus Christ. There were a lot of other good religious leaders in the world, even at the time that Jesus was around and before and after. In fact, many of them taught really good things. Many of them were very charismatic leaders that drew people to them as followers. Many of them even died for their beliefs, but none of them got up from the grave. And that event is what separates Jesus Christ from all other religious leaders before or after. He said he was going to get up from the grave, and he did get up from the grave. Had that event not occurred, then everything Jesus said that you can read about in the Bible would have been false and suspect and definitely unreliable. And his followers are gathering today around the world to celebrate that event that happened 2,000 years ago. Maybe that's why you're here today. Maybe you said, well, you know, today's Easter, and I always go to church on Easter, so I'm going to go. There's this new church over here. I'm going to go check it out. Maybe that's why you're here, because you recognize the importance of the event that we're going to be talking about today. Maybe mom made you come. Maybe, maybe husband or wife made you come. Maybe grandma guilted you into it. But for whatever reason, you're here. We're glad you're here. And we believe that every person walks through this door for a reason. We believe you're here for a reason today. The resurrection is recorded in the first four books of the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I'm going to be talking about the resurrection today and what it means in our life. How... how Something that happened so long ago could mean something for us right now, today, in our lives. So there's four accounts of the resurrection in the New Testament. I'm going to be reading from one of those. It's in the book of Luke. There's some Bibles going up the aisles and down the aisles. We do this every week at LifePoint. We want to have a Bible in the hand of every person that wants one. So if you don't have a Bible, forgot yours today for whatever reason, or you just need an extra one, just raise your hand and we'll give you those. It's yours to keep. We believe the words in there will lead you to the knowledge of how to have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. You can follow along as I read or read on the screen. So Jesus Christ had been executed. He had been killed for what he believed, for what he said, for what he taught. He was executed in a very painful way, and he was placed in a tomb. And we pick up the story when all of his followers are trying to make sense of it because they're devastated. And they're trying to give Jesus a proper burial in the middle of their devastation. Some of them stayed behind to help close this chapter in their life and in Jesus' life. Some of them kind of just stepped back and watched at a distance. Many of them ran for cover because they were afraid. A couple of them went to the tomb that morning to get his body ready for burial. They couldn't do it the day before because of the Sabbath, so they go to the tomb to get Jesus' body ready for the traditional Jewish burial. Check out what it says in Luke chapter 24, 
beginning at verse 1, page 735, if you've got one of those Bibles we just handed out. Very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in, but they didn't find the body. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them. Clothed in dazzling robes, they asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't there, and he's risen from the dead. He told them he would raise, raise, be raised up from the dead. Destroy this body, and in three days it will be raised up again. He told them that over and over again. And if you read on, it says that suddenly they remembered. So in the middle of their fear, in the middle of their, their, their really low emotional time, in the middle of their devastation, in the middle of their doubts, all of a sudden they remembered what Jesus had told them. I've done that before. Been in the middle of a time in my life where there's doubt and there's fear and there's pain, and then all of a sudden I remember what Jesus said. I remember what God has said. I remember the promises. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, that's right. And that's what these followers were experiencing that day. All of a sudden, in the middle of everything that was going on, this turmoil, this storm in their life, they thought, oh yeah, he did say he was going to get up from the grave. So we shouldn't be surprised that we come into the tomb and his body's gone because he told us he would do that. He's done everything he said before that. So obviously, he really rose from the dead. Today we're starting a new series called Doors. And what we'll be talking about is change, how to walk through the door to change, how to walk through the door to have a different life, how to, how to walk through the door and take a chance, how to walk through the door and make a choice. I hope you come back to hear the next four weeks as we talk about doors in our life. You know, in my house, doors are used for privacy. Doors are used for other things. If we've got a lot of people coming over, uh, door, the room that's used to put all the stuff in, you know what I'm talking about? And then we close the door and say, kids, if you open that door and let these people see that we don't keep a perfect house 24 hours a day, you're in trouble. So the door is used to hide the mess. Door can also be used to express anger. Anybody ever done that? With the slamming of the door. Door can also be used by children that think parents are just terrible. So they get behind the door and they don't want to talk to anybody. Doors also can be a thing of joy because when grandparents come over and the door gets swung open wide, it's grandma and grandpa are here. I can't do anything wrong. I'm going to get money and everything. Mom and dad said are out the window. Ultimately, a door is a good symbol for the choices that we make, for the questions that we ask ourselves. Some of us live with a closed door in our life because we want our life to look really nice, so we don't open the door, just leave it closed. We don't open the, we don't open the door and say, you know what, my, my marriage is a wreck and I need some help. We don't open the door and say, I'm buried under a mountain of debt and I don't know what to do about it. We don't open the door and say, you know what, I need something new and fresh and different in my life. We don't open the door and say, I just can't get this addiction behind me. We keep the door closed many times 
and say, my life's good. My life's great. Everything's perfect. Look over here. Look at me. Everything's nice. And my, my job's going great. Look at the kid. Oh, everything's great. And the door keeps things closed off. So the question is, am I going to remain closed so nobody sees my mess? Am I going to keep it closed off so everything in my life just looks perfect, like the house looks perfect when you got all the junk in the bedroom and nobody sees it? Or am I going to open the door and say, I need some help. I need a difference in my life. I need to live in a new way. Our marriage needs to be different. My, my, my addiction needs to be behind me, not hidden behind closed doors. Am I will, willing to take a risk and open up my life and allow people to see that I actually don't have it all together? That I'm actually not all that. That, that actually I've got some bruises and bumps and warts in my life. So am, am I willing... Am I, I have to ask myself this question. Am I willing to walk through the door to freedom and leave all that other stuff on the other side and walk through the door? See, Jesus walked through the door from death to life. When he got up from the grave, he walked from death to life and everything changed. And maybe today you're facing impossible odds. Maybe today you have a hopeless situation in your house or at your job, or in your bank account, or in your heart, and you think it's hopeless, on this side of the door it is. But on the other side of the door, it's not. Because resurrection, when Jesus walks through the door, resurrection does something you never expected. Resurrection changes our life, and God moves us from the dark side to this side, and our life is different, and things happen in my life I never expected because I said, I don't want to live this way anymore. I want to move to a new way of living. And God opens the door on our life and comes in the dark and He does something. He did in my life and He will in your life. If you're taking notes, write this down. God changes the impossible to the possible. See, I used to live my life here on this side of the door in the darkness thinking this was all life was, and I would see people over there, and I would think, yeah, right, you know, no way life could be that good. And then, and then one day I walked through the door. And one day it all changed. And one day the new life that God promised was suddenly a reality. It's a, it was a reality because God was at work in my life, in your life, no matter which side of the door you're on, God's at work. Think about it. In the tomb. Behind the stone, it was dark, it was cold, there was decay, there was pain. There was blood dripping from the garments that Jesus had worn. His beaten, bruised, and battered body was in the dark, behind the stone. Nobody could see it, and yet God was at work. God was back there, behind the stone, in the dark, at work. And He'll work in your life, even in the darkness. So the wounds, the regrets, the mistakes, the things you just as soon forget, the things you just soon not have to deal with anymore, God's at work in the middle of all of those the same way he was at work, behind that stone in the darkness of that tomb. And just because I don't feel God doesn't mean he's not there. I mean, think of his followers. Think of the people who followed him in his ministry, watched him unjustly tried and, and, and convicted and crucified, watched him 
die. Do you think they felt like God was at work? No way. When they knew his body was placed in a tomb, do you think they had any hope? No. It's over. It's time to get life back to what it used to be before this guy Jesus came along. But they didn't see that God was at work out of sight in a way they could not even comprehend. And he might be at work that way in your life today. Bringing hope. A few years back, my wife and daughters finally talked me into getting a dog. Not a dog hater, but I'm not a dog lover. I'm kind of in the middle, okay? So please, no emails, all right? So we finally, I said, okay, if we're going to get a dog, here's the deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make the rules on this one, all right? As long as my wife says it's okay. So I said, here's the kind of dog we're going to get. We're going to get a small dog because they'd already said, we want a dog to stay in the house. To me, dogs go outside, but okay. If it's going to stay in the house, here are the rules. It cannot shed. It cannot have pet dander because I have allergies, and I don't want that to mess with my allergies. I want a dog that barks all the time. I want a dog that flushes, <laughs> it cleans up. So, so we did some research, and excluding the flushing, we found a dog that was just that. It's called a Bichon Freeze. Anybody got a Bichon? Aren't they cool dogs? Well, little Daisy came home that day, and our daughter's named her and we searched and we found one and we went to this breeder's house and you know made sure it was all okay and we bring the dog home and she becomes part of our family and I start to love this dog one day about two years after we got her her back leg just stopped working they just she couldn't move him she would just drag them behind her completely paralyzed she couldn't go to the bathroom none of that stuff so we take her to the vet, and the vet says, look, we don't, we don't have a clue what's wrong. It's something pretty serious, but you know what? We're in a town where the NC State Veterinary Hospital is, and you can go there, and they can probably, they have specialists there, they can probably fix this dog. So I'm like, well, how much is that going to cost? You know, it's, it's expensive. So I mean, we're already into this thing for like 1200 bucks, and I mean, in addition to the price of the dog, and I'm thinking, all right, it's my kids. I love them. We're, we're going to take Daisy to the specialist, you know, so... We go to the specialist, and, and she's there for like a week, just racking up, you know, every single night. I'm like, ching, 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 you know. And after about a week goes by, my wife calls me at work, says, you need to go by, check on Daisy. They said they, they kind of figured out what was wrong. So I go by, bring me in, and it, it's a pretty serious thing. I mean, I, I, I was nervous. It was like, like a real hospital and everything. And so I sit down in there with the, the vet, and he says, look, uh, we, we think we can fix your dog. We think she can be just fine. We're going to operate on her, and, and uh, there's, a, there's a better than, than you know, like may, there's maybe like a 20% chance we can fix her. Now, if we can't fix her, she'll just be paralyzed halfway down her back, and we've got this little doggy wheelchair, and he was showing me and spinning the wheels, and I'm sitting there like, come on, you know. And so then I think of my children. So I said, all right, well, that, that, maybe we'll do that. What, what's it going to cost? He said, well, it's probably around four. I was like, Thousand, yeah, four thousand dollars, and and I was like, in addition to yeah, in addition, I said, give me a second. So I go out in the hallway, call my wife. She first thing she says, "How's Daisy?" And I said, "She's not gonna make it." So, so and Daisy just went on to heaven. I mean, I was thinking, okay, all that money, and and I know what she costs, which I'm ashamed to even tell you, but we could buy like four or five of them for for what it would cost to have this poor dog in a wheelchair for the rest of her life, unable to use the restroom on her own, all that stuff. I was just like, she's not going to make it. She had no hope. And I determined that day, as hard as it was to lose a member of the family, she's got no hope. 
you will never be in that situation, ever. You will never be in a place where there is no hope. You will never be in a place where you say it's hopeless. You will never be in a place where anybody can look at you and say you don't have any hope, ever. Because Jesus Christ was who he said he was, did what he said he was going to do, you have hope. And all those people standing around that day, around the tomb and around the cross, who felt hopeless, all of a sudden realized, oh my goodness, everything he said is right. If everything he said is right and he rose from the dead, then it's going to be a whole new game in my relationship with God. Because up until then, if they wanted forgiveness, they couldn't just walk into the, into the throne room of God and say, I've made some mistakes and I need forgiveness. They couldn't do that. The only way to get forgiveness then was to get the most unblemished bull or calf or goat and bring that to the altar. And they had this tradition, and it tells all this story in Leviticus chapter 1 in the Old Testament, where they would put their head against the bull's head or goat's head or whatever, and they would say, may the sin in me be transferred onto this animal. They would slit its throat, they would sprinkle the blood on the altar until the next time they sin, another bull comes out, another head-to-head, transfer the sin, slaughter the bull, sprinkle it on the altar, and they realize all of a sudden, wait a minute, Jesus is that sacrifice, and Jesus is the one that my sin is transferred on, and it doesn't have to happen over and over and over. It's a one-time thing. He died once, and that's it. And now, I can be forgiven. So, in the old way, before Jesus, complete, total forgiveness, impossible. Knowing that you are completely and totally and 100% forgiven, impossible. The new way, because Jesus walked through the door of death, back to life, total, complete, assured forgiveness, possible. Also, they all, all of a sudden realized, I can approach God in a whole new way. If you wanted to talk to God, then you could not just walk up or just get on your knees or whatever and just say, okay, God, here's the deal. We can do that now. We can just talk to him right now. Then if you wanted to talk to God, you had to go through a priest. You couldn't just walk through the door. I mean, you had to kind of walk through the door and sit on the back row and, you know, wait your turn and, you know, raise your hand and the priest came in and got you. Then he would go into the most holy place. He would meet with God, not you. But they all of a sudden realized, wow, Jesus said he was the way to the Father. If I have a relationship with him, then I have a relationship with God. I don't need a priest anymore. You can understand now why the priests were upset. They were out of work. And, and now people could just walk through that door and meet with God. Things were different. They understood that which we thought was impossible, God has made possible. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, it says this, In him and through faith in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence. No need for fear. In the same book, Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 6. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Jesus from the dead. Write this down. God makes new life possible. So whatever you thought was dead, whatever you thought was impossible to resurrect, God can make it possible. A dead marriage... God can bring new life. Dead in an addiction that you think you can never put behind you, God can give you the strength to do it. Buried in a mountain of debt, wondering how in the world did I ever get here, God will give you the discipline to put that behind you. The Bible makes it clear over and over and over again. 
that nothing is impossible with God. And he changes the impossible to the possible. So all the things that you might think in your life are impossible are now possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. God changes the impossible to the possible. God provides a new beginning. You don't have to live your life over here. You can go through the door and live your life here in the possible. Not having to think, can this get better? Can that get better? Could I possibly get over this? You don't have to wonder that because you can because it's possible. You just have to decide to take that step. In the book of 2 Corinthians in the New Testament, it says in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, For God says at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day, right now, to walk through the door. It's the day. And it's so much more than just making a decision to say, well, I'm going to walk through this wooden door, you know, I'm going to go through the door in my mind. It's so much more than just walking through the door and leaving stuff behind and identifying yourself by what's no longer in your life, it's way more than just defining yourself by what you no longer are. It's defining yourself by the possibilities that exist in your life. Faith is not just, it's not just the exit door from that life to this. Faith is an opportunity to embrace life, to embrace the possibilities that God turns into realities. You'll discover that there's a whole new life to be lived outside of the tomb you might be living in. And even if you're over there today, God is at work. And and you might be thinking this. You might be thinking, you know what? I walked through that door. I did that years ago. And life still sucks. Life's still a mess. Life's still a wreck. You know, it's just not working. And I walked through the door. I gave God this and and nothing happened. Did you really? That's the question I would ask, and when parts of my life feel like that, I think, did I really walk through the door? Did I really give that completely to him? Because here's what happens a lot of times. I get one foot over here, one foot over here, just a little bit on this side, a little bit on that side, not ready to quite walk all the way through the door, and then life is lived right here. You know, there's not many marriages saved right here, not many addictions broken, not many new lives begin right here. Not many mountains in our lives are conquered right here. They're conquered when we make the decision to, with boldness and confidence, walk through the door and say, my life is going to be different. You know, in the book of Revelation, Jesus said, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. I'm I'm here. I'm knocking. Let me come in. See, you can just walk through that door at any point time. So whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening, whatever's making you say life just can't get any better, whatever's making you say life is terrible, it's just not going to work, remember that what might seem impossible is possible with God. And then God stands and he says, you want to live a life like you've never thought possible? I'm knocking. You want to heal something in your life relationally that's a wreck, I'm knocking. You want to heal something financially, emotionally, whatever, I'm knocking. 
And I can provide for you a new life, a fresh life. In fact, Jesus said, come to me because in John chapter 10, verse 10 of the New Testament, he said, I've come that you can have a life, not just a life, but a full life. And that's what he offers to everybody. So earlier this week, we're sitting in the room with our teaching team saying, how are we going to handle this this door thing on the stage? And I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could ask, no matter how many people there, everybody to walk down, walk up these steps, and whatever it is they need to leave behind, maybe they need to lock hands with their spouse and say, I'm willing to fight for this marriage. And we'll walk through the door. Maybe somebody's going to walk down here today and walk across this stage and through that door that says, I am putting this behind me, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a weakness, whatever it is, and just with boldness and strength and confidence, walk through the door and not live in the middle anymore, not live in the darkness, but live over here. Are are you willing to do that? Are you willing to fight for whatever it is in your life that's in the darkness and come through the door and bring it into the light because this is where hope is. This is where possibilities exist. Over there, things are impossible. Here, it's possible. So I thought, well, if it costs us eight bucks a person to stick around here for a little while, we're going to do it. You know, we don't normally do stuff like that at LifePoint, but we're going to do it. We're going to give everybody an opportunity. As Joel comes down and starts a song, a little video on the screen, you can come right down this aisle and right up these steps and walk right through here. Nobody's standing over here with a card. Nobody's standing over here to take your name and, and, and call you or anything like that. You and God, this is your opportunity to come down this, these steps and walk across this stage. And if you make a decision to follow Christ today, please put that on the back of your WhatsApp card. Come talk to me. If, and if, if you don't talk to me today, please put it on the back so we can talk to you. I mean, it takes more than just walking through a wooden door prop on a stage to become a follower of Christ. There's a lot more involved, but if you want to make that symbolic walk, then do it. But whatever it is in your life, as this song plays, you have the opportunity to walk down and walk through the door and take part in that which is possible. Make a fresh start today. God, thank you so much for this beautiful symbol of a door and how Jesus moved from death to life, from the impossible to the possible, and the way you work in our lives even when we feel like there's darkness. God, I pray for the people who are going to walk down this, these steps and walk across this stage and walk through this door. I pray for the new, the, the new beginnings that are going to start today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm.